welcome to Brand With Podcast. I am your host, Ivan Estrada. In this podcast, we will be discussing all things branding and marketing, from fashion to design, real estate, entertainment, tech, philanthropy, and much more. Nothing is off the table. We will have guests from all over the world to give you a global perspective on branding and marketing. Our goal is to dissect as many branding and marketing experts to get you all thinking about your brand by providing motivation and inspiration for you. Thank you all for listening and let's roll. Hello and welcome back to Brand With Podcast. I'm your host, Ivan Estrada. And today we have Alex Stern with us. Alec is an entrepreneur, speaker, mentor, and investor. He's become known as America's startup success expert for performing hundreds of keynote speeches worldwide for his popular sessions at top conferences like Secret Knock, SEO Space International, Power Team International, and Habitude Warrior. He's been a co-founder or founding team member of eight startups with five exits, two of which were IPOs and the other three acquisitions. Additionally, as a primary member of Constant Contact's founding team, Alec was one of the original three who started the company in an attic back in 1997. Alec was with the company for 18 years from startup to IPO to a $1.1 billion acquisition. Recently, Alec was selected to the Influence 100 Authority list by Influence Magazine and was recognized as the world authority for entrepreneurship by the credible source. In 2020, Alec was a two-time Visionary Award and Legend Award winner for success as an entrepreneur for his work helping startups and entrepreneurs. In 2021, Alec was a two-time award winner of Excellence, keynote speaker recipient at top conferences. My friend, you are very, very busy. So how are you doing this morning? Uh, I'm doing well, Ivan. Thanks, uh, thanks for that. Let's talk. You're such a busy guy. When I was doing my research on you, so Aaron Keith, who's my business coach, said, you have to interview Alex Stern. This guy is incredible. He's an amazing speaker, and he's just an inspiration. So what's going on today? What are you working on today? So I divide my time in a, through a, a couple of things. First, I um, spend about half my time speaking. Uh, in the last 18 months, I've talked to over a million people through summits, podcasts, interviews. Um, now starting to go back out for, to live events. Uh, there's some large ones around the world that I'll keynote. And then I'm also part of a venture fund and, and involved with, with some other things related to that. Uh, and then I'm also a co-founder of six companies where I've um, innovating on ideas, putting teams together, or, or teams bringing me into the fold, you know, early and we noodling on uh, testing out new, new ideas. And so we've got six that we, uh, that we have currently, I have currently that are, um, you know, startups that are, uh, three of them have launched and we're launching two others in the next six weeks. So. Okay. So are there two or three of you? Cause how do you get the time to do all of this? Like, how is this possible? Yeah. So I just, you know, I mean, like anything else and, you got to really manage your time. And um, I don't do anything, you know, it's just, I don't have a full-time job, I guess. Uh, so, so I rotate around and, and give things the priority when needed and on call to do things um, otherwise. So I guess I'm making the time, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those where uh, the phone is attached at the hip and you take those calls when, uh, when you're needed. Exactly. And that's what I want our viewers to listen to. Like you make the time, right? If you're passionate about something, it's all about like carving out that time because it's all possible. We all have the same 24 hours. So Alec, you help startups grow. Is this just something that you got interested in, you know, several years ago and said, this is my path. This is my purpose. Like, how did you get involved in that? I'd back that up a little bit and just say that, that, you know, oftentimes people have ideas, and I'll and I'll talk through the through the idea phase with somebody to bring that out. 
um, then they may be out with an idea and they want to do more with it or, or they want to scale it. So, so there's sort of the evolution of idea all the way through to a scaled, scaled business. So I, you know, having done eight prior to these six, I just mentioned, um, you know, there, a lot of stuff is repeatable. And so, so I guess it's sort of what I call, you know, pillars for achieving success and as a startup or small business. And so, you know, I often, um, when I, started several businesses. I leaned on others. You know, I chased down those that I wanted to be my mentors or advisors and chased down folks to be strategic partners, customers, investors, and, you know, just really went for it and, and had success and was fortunate to have a great sort of, I guess, um, sphere, you know, sort of that sphere of influence around you, those trusted, you know, folks that can, can guide you, help you and assist when needed. And so, so I just said, you know, when I, whenever I have the opportunity to pay it forward, you know, first it started with speaking and then it's moved on to mentoring, advising and, and, or, you know, taking on board seats or whatever role I'll play, but, but trying to help. Um, and it's the speaking, it actually lets me get to, you know, sort of the masses, as I mentioned, speaking to a million people in the last, you know, kind of year and a half, um, was I had a goal of 250,000. And so obviously uh, I got that up to a million. And, you know, so I guess it's more of a pay it forward. And, and you mentioned about mentors and I, you know, the for me, my mentors changed my life. Is there any specific mentor in your life that changed yours? My guiding light on a lot of things is is my target market. So, uh, so in my DNA is startups and entrepreneurs and small businesses. And, and I've, I've learned most of my lessons from, you know, just really getting in and working with others and, you know, it's less about, I mean, certainly can talk to people through the tactics of a business um, and working in the business day to day, but more about stepping back and working on the business with strategy. And so, so those are the folks I look up to. Um, I don't really, I, I have my fair share of folks that I can um, call and lean on, but, but I really hold in the highest regard, the small businesses and and the the ones more more specifically are inner inner city, and I call it, I call it uh, sort of urban innovation. And so working with folks, you know, in areas that don't necessarily have all the resources at at their fingertips, or can easily access those, or may not even know who to reach out to. And and so I really uh, motivates me a lot to to be able to work with with um, you know with those with those folks, and you know because you know they're. They're they're trying to provide for their families. They're trying to create a legacy, just like any small business. Um, but also, just you know, trying to trying to take an idea forward and really need a lot of help. So, so I would I look up to them before I would look up to someone who's mentored me over you know in the past. And and you mentioned you know you work with a lot of entrepreneurs and small businesses. Like, what gets you excited about a certain person, a certain entrepreneur, a certain company? You know, I've done a lot of investing in the past. I'm not not so much anymore because I'm really focusing on my ideas. And and again, part of a, a great venture fund here on the East Coast, G20 Ventures, where I'm a limited partner and uh, for tech investments. So, um, you know, it's always the it's the founder or founding team. You know, and the first thing I look for is there's sort of this passion meter. It, uh, I want them to be you know just really passionate about everything in the business. You know what what the the problem that exists, you know, the large market opportunity, their approach to how they're differentiating themselves from others. Um, is it is it an existing product or service that they're just executing on it better? Or is it something that just didn't exist before? So creating a new category. I've done both. And so 
So it's first the, the, you know, the, how passionate and committed are they to the business? And I say that uh, some people are a little bit too far on the passion meter where, you know, no matter what you say to them or no matter what happens, they're, they're going to put the, the horse blinders on and they know what they're doing and they're just going to keep going and going and don't take the advice or, or don't listen to their, you know, target customer. And, and that, that's a, that's a ship that could potentially sink. And so, so it's really someone who's passionate that when obstacles hit and problems occur, they're going to stay and they're going to figure it out and come back sometimes a day later, work all night and come back a day later and say, we figured it out. We've solved it versus taking their bat and ball and going home. So it's really about the, that initial kind of founder or a couple of co-founders um, and then move on to the actual team that's leading the, that startup to, to, uh, that, that's what I look for first. And anyone who's going to really sort of figure out the, figure out how to solve the problem is someone I would back. So. And something you said that really resonated with me, I, I like what you said. It's you could be very purposeful and have a lot of passion for what you do, but you have to be open-minded to listen to others, to others, you know, to having mentors and to intaking that information and, and figuring out how to use it. Because, you know, I, I think as an entrepreneur myself, we're so set on our ways sometimes that if, if we don't listen to others and try to take other perspectives into what we're doing, you know, we might hit a wall, right? And so I, I really love that you that you brought that out. So 2020, we had a huge change in the world, obviously. And uh, I've seen this huge, you know, rise in entrepreneurship. So what three skills do you think that entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs really need to master to win at the game of being a successful entrepreneur? The first one I would say is um, the ability to listen. And if you take the word listen and move the letters around, it spells silent. So you got to be silent and present and listen, no matter who it is that you're talking to. And oftentimes we're in a conversation with somebody and let's just say it's our, we've identified our target market and we're going to go out to them and share our new idea. We're so worried and concerned about what we're going to say that we don't listen to what they're saying. And we're not engaged in what they're saying. We're not asking them questions because they will give you the roadmap to, you know, asking. You know, so, so, so you lead with value and you're going to go up to, say, someone in your target market and you're going to ask them, what's your three year vision? Where do you see the business going? You know, what are your goals? What do you have that you want more of? What don't you have that you wish you had? Are you looking to save time, looking to save money, looking to increase revenue, looking to increase engagement and nurturing, and nurturing your customers better? Like you're going to learn those things and then you're going to present back, you know, what you offer. So the, the first one is to listen and, and really be present, you know, when, especially when you're talking to your target market. And that's the first person, uh, people you need to go to. I get hit up every day. What do you think of my idea? And my response is always, doesn't matter what I think, what does your target market think? And so we don't go early and often. And so that's, that's sort of the, the first thing is just listening and then getting to your target market as, as soon as possible. And then when it's your turn to, to talk about what you're doing, don't suffer from spraying and praying, right? Don't, don't like, I'm going to keep talking and pray you hear something that interests you. Like that doesn't fly. Like you've got to be really prescriptive about, you've just listened to them, you know, whoever it is that you're talking to. You see the role that they can play, and that's you know your target customer. It could be your Uber driver. It could be a potential mentor or advisor. You meet someone out at a networking event. Like you don't just start throwing everything at them until they hear something that interests them. You again need to be you know ask some questions and understand the fit that they may have. And I could tell you I've got three great examples of an Uber driver who two ended up being a mentor for startups that I knew. 
that they had many years of uh, of a of of a career, successful career in their exact area, uh, and so they could bring their expertise forward as mentors. So I connected two Uber drivers who were just you know knocking off, getting out of the house, and just doing something and meeting people. And and so and and the third one was an investor in a startup. So was looking for to get involved in something and get right in his wheelhouse. So, you know, knowing your audience and just being able to present back, you know, small, small bite size, you know, pieces of info versus sharing it all. And probably the the third thing is um, uh, you've got to create the muscle memory for handing out, uh, handling obstacles. So obstacles come at every turn. They, you know, they start small and get bigger. And so you've got to figure out how to tackle those because sometimes they, they weigh on us. Uh, it scares us. We get stuck, you know, and we're not dealing with those obstacles and just understand that, you know, you can seek counsel on this. You're, you're not the first one to have that obstacle and you can go find people that have knocked it down with success. You can find people who failed at knocking it down. You can find people who broke it into smaller pieces and, and smaller chunks and broke it down. And, um, but you've got to figure out how to knock it down because behind that obstacle is a bigger one. And as you're growing with the business behind that one is an even bigger one. And you need that muscle memory to be able to take, you know, take it, take those obstacles and, and knock them down so you can, so you don't plateau or get stuck or want to take your bat and ball and go home. Well, so you have to figure out how to knock down one obstacle and then the next one and then the next one. And you mentioned, you know, reaching out to certain people, right? It's about building a team on, in my book, Brand With Purpose, we talk about the importance about building a team. And Alec, when we spoke and I, you know, was praising you for everything you've accomplished, you said, well, it's not just me, it's my team. So, right. you know, when when you're looking to work with someone in a partnership or, or, or a large team per se at a startup, what are the things that you're looking for? And what are the things that will make you run out the door? Yeah, so so there are a couple of basic things. Um, you know, just just in anyone coming into the business, uh, um, everyone needs to be title agnostic. You know, it doesn't matter what your title is. Everyone wants chief in their title. You know, chief revenue officer, chief this, chief that. Uh, so it doesn't matter what your title is. You have to be willing to bring people in above you, next to you, or below you. I've I've had several people say, well, I'll, you know, I want to come in as this chief of something. And I don't want anyone above me. I want a direct tie between us. And I'm like, I might not even be in, you know, I'll be a always be a founder, but I might not be in a leading role. I'm going to stay in my lane with the stuff I'm good at. So they need to be able to be title agnostic, leave their egos at the door. It's fine to be have conviction and believe in something, but not to have it become political and play the game to how do I, how do I land grab more in the business and move up and, you should prove yourself and be successful and they should be coming to you to want to move you up versus you vying for it, if you will. And so th those are a couple of sort of the, the basic things. And then, you know, really uh, someone who's willing to stay in their lane. Right. So, um, so I've, I've never cared about what the titles were. You know, sometimes you take a more, you, t you take a, a, a higher level title initially, but eventually you might back that down and bring in adult supervision or someone who's an expert you know, in that area or has been there and done it and taken, you know, something similar to what you're doing uh, all the way through to an IPO or an acquisition or, and so, so you need to be willing to stay in your lane and do what you're good at. The opportunity cost of doing something outside your lane because you want to do more. And, you know, especially in the early days, we feel we all have to do it ourselves. 
imagine if um, you need, you know, you need to build a website and you don't really know how to build a website. So I'll learn the tool. I'll go spend time on it. I'll do 20 hours building the website. May not be good. May, may that, that 1.0 of the website is probably going to have to get thrown away and redone. But you've spent 20 hours on that. And if your time's worth $100 an hour, that's two grand of effort of your time building that website. Could you find someone who could do it in less time for less money as a fractional web developer or you know, a, a, a VA or an intern or a, sure. Um, you know, so, so, so someone who's, who's willing to not just allow, I can do, I can do that. Yep. I'll do that. You know, cause, because, because if you take those 20 hours and put it into what you're good at, you'll double down on success. So if you're in business development and, and you're uh, outward facing and going to get strategic partners or, or, you know, key clients, Spending time on that and getting more of that is more valuable than you taking time to learn something, to try to do something. And everyone says, well, we can't afford it, but that you can't afford to focus staying in your lane. And so, so, I, so just understanding that uh, someone coming in is a complement to what you do. So, so you don't have another, like if you're in business development and you're front facing and you'd be out talking to strategic partners and customers and so on. Do you need another person right away that's doing the same, or do you need someone who's on the tech side, or someone who's operations, or you know, you know, or whatever other roles? You know, it's just looking for compliments and and to round out the team so that those that are staying in their lane cover a lot of the ground you need versus those doing stuff that's outside their lane. That's such good advice. And Alec, you just took me back to the beginning of my career when you were talking about you know, building your own website and, you know, doing your own marketing. I, you know, when I started my career, I didn't have a ton of money, but uh, I was a CPA. So I was all about bartering my service. I would say, look, if you can help me build out my website, I will do your tax returns for the next five years. How about that? And then I would go to another friend. Hey, I know that you can help me with some digital marketing ideas. How about I do your taxes for three years and you help me with that? So it's, you know, there's, there's always a way, right? There's, we all have a certain amount of value that, if you're a young entrepreneur and you don't have the finances to do it, you have other things, other networks or, you know, or even an introduction to someone that could be of value to someone else. And then back to the beginning of my career. So constant contact, that was my first way of marketing myself. I didn't have a lot of money and uh, I thought, okay, this is the best way to reach a ton of people. And as you guys know, you know, Alec is a founder of a very small company that no one knows. Uh, constant contact, huge. So, so tell me about that. How did, how did that all come about? Yeah. And so, so as you mentioned in the opening, which I appreciate that was a gracious uh, intro. Um, so I've been involved with eight startups with five exits. So Constant Contact's the one that most people know by name. I mean, it, it, would, it um, became a top 25 most recognized brands and we were in the top 10. So we're the, right up there with FedEx and UPS and Procter and & Gamble and Constant Contact. And so so we were fortunate to, you know, to build out something that became a, you know, a household name, if you will, and certainly a, a, around small businesses, which was our, our target market and focus. So the original idea really centered around, you know, there was myself and two others, three of us in an attic when we started. And, and so we had all had been working with you know, in and around small businesses. And so I had done two other successful startups that were centered around small businesses prior but there was nothing done on the front end with marketing and and helping them. You know, really the premise was how can we level the playing field for small businesses against those big box competitors like Amazon and others who had enterprise tools, 
marketing agencies, resources, you know, they had everything. And the small business on Main Street, anywhere around the world, had, didn't have, have anything to help them. So, so we wanted to level the playing field and, get, and create a self-service, easy-to-use digital marketing tool, uh, email marketing to begin with, um, that they could, uh, all they had to worry about was what they wanted to say, who they wanted to uh, say it to, and when they wanted to send it. And we would take care of everything else for them. So it was all kind of under the covers, creating the, you know, pick a template, add your colors, add your, you know, you know it, add your logo, put your content in, hit send and get all your tracking reporting and, and all starting with a free trial, um, you know, with um, our first price point, you know, 15, $20 a month kind of thing after the trial. And so we set out to, to level that playing field and create a new category, email marketing, you know, um, uh, self-service sort of email marketing, if you will, and and for small business. So, so that was the original premise, and and uh, we were fortunate to stick to that. And we, you know, and the company, you know, grew incredibly, and we had an amazing management team, amazing board, amazing investors, uh, incredible employees. You know, we had at the time when we sold the company, there was over seven hundred fifty thousand paying customers, eight thousand partners, channel partners, and others that were. Every, on any given day, we're talking about us somewhere around the world to a to an audience of small businesses. And um, and by the way, just one other side note: when we started the business, we were 100 percent channels. We couldn't go door to door selling to small business. You know, we went and got I went and got four our four initial customers, so we could have uh, feedback and you know and case studies and eventually revenue start to get some revenue. But but more importantly, helping guide us as we were building it out. And then the rest was through intermediaries, these one-to-many scenarios of partners, large and small, that had access to our target market of small businesses. Well, that's very smart. So you went back to the consumer to make sure that they were getting what they wanted, and then you partnered up with the right people to make sure that you grew it to where you wanted it to be. Well, we went to uh, not consumers, but to small businesses. Yeah, we went to small businesses to to validate and test. And and by the way, when you do this, you know, oftentimes we want to go to family because you know, if I went to my mom and said, "Hey, I'm starting this new company and this is what we're doing," oh my God, honey, you're going to be so successful. It's going to be a great idea. It's you know, it's going to be successful. You know, you go to friends; they're going to tell you the same. But you got to go to people you don't know, people you haven't done business with before, to get brutal, honest feedback. And they're going to tell you straight up. This does this. This isn't for me, and you you can, you know, really understand why. And maybe it's just simply as how you presented it, or they weren't ready to receive how you presented the idea to them at the time. So you want to make sure it's a good time for them to hear this, and um, and then ultimately you get you get folks to take it, and and then you're off to the races, and then find out the growth and scale strategy for all the businesses that I've had the greatest success with was a channel partnership, affiliate, you know, strategic alliance, whatever you want to call them, uh, that would, that those, the collaborations with others to get to the target market was the secret sauce for, for scale. Such good advice. And so let's talk about email marketing a little bit, because I've talked to a lot of other entrepreneurs and small businesses out there and they're like, no, email marketing's kind of dead. Um, you know, I, I don't agree with that. Like, how do you feel about digital marketing right now and what do you think is still possible you know down the road yeah so so i mean i was a you know a top keynote speaker as a thought leader uh for for many many years on the topic and a and a top 100 influencer and 
I was all, all of that. I'm not anymore. So I'm just going to give you my personal opinion, <laughs> um, you know, of what I think. Um, first of all, you know, just go to look at the direct marketing association stats, you know, email marketing stats and even direct mail stats are going up, you know. And so 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 the, so for anyone who's going to sit there and say that it's dead is, is not open minded to the key premise of um, understanding where your target market's hanging out. And then figuring out all of the ways that you can touch them in a marketing mix. And so, so you're too short-sighted if you're going to sit there and say something's dead without testing and trying it, right? So, so for example, if, you're, if your uh, target market's millennials, odds are they're not necessarily you know, using an email account. Some, some, some will, especially if they're in business, you know, they're, they're going to be using email. Um, but they're, they're maybe hanging out on the social channels and specifically which ones. But this is all about marketing touches. And so you can't sit there, for example, if you say, well, we're going to do direct mail and we're going to do a postcard and we're going to send 10 out a month. If that's going into a home 10 times a month, they're going to, they're going to go numb to it and just throw them out, you know, or probably not even look at them. And so that's true with anything. If you're going to go on social and, for example, your target market's on, you know, Instagram and you're just putting out messaging, you know, all, all over Instagram, you know, they have to be in that stream of conversation to see it to begin with. And would they even look at things if, if, if so many are sent? And of course, the algorithms will make sure not everyone sees it. So, so you have to think about what the marketing mix is and those different touches. And email is a very inexpensive and probably one of the most cost-effective ways to add into the mix uh, marketing, marketing touches because it's, you know, a lot of your competitors are probably doing it. Um, it's the most intimate way to communicate to somebody because it goes into an inbox and it stays there. They could always refer back to it. They could forward it. They could take action from it. It's not a stream of conversation that disappears. You know, you may get a lot in your inbox, but but you know you'll um, you know you're, you're going to remain there. And so there's so many businesses, you know, millions that have have gotten success by adding that email marketing into the mix. Um, and, and finding that to be one of the most effective ways to communicate, to track and report and understand the engagement of your customers. So smart guys. So it's, it's all about using a variety of mediums to get to your clients. And, you know, when I started social media, wasn't really a big thing or video. It was about cold calling, send out those newsletters, send out those mailers, magazine ads, bus ads. Uh, you know, there's always been like a, a revolution of changing mediums and now social media, video, TikTok. Um, what do you think is a medium that's unutilized at the moment? And what do you see coming in the future that as a new entrepreneur, we should really focus on? Yeah. So as I said, I, I'm not I'm not really tracking this that much anymore. We've moved on uh, from from being in the forefront of it. And, you know, the first obviously the first digital marketing tool for small business. So there are there'll, there'll always be new things. Right. And so those just have to be tested. And, and it's not a shiny object syndrome. You know, you know, oh, here's now it's TikTok. Oh, my God, let's all rush over to TikTok. You have to test this with your target market and see, you know, understand where they are. And you can ask them. You can say what. What are the top three things when you're going to look at uh, for for advice or for you know information around you know your business or get educated or like what are the top three things that you're that you look at and they're going to tell you well I get this newsletter from this association and I you know and I love uh, being part of this uh, LinkedIn group 
or, you know, they'll tell you the, the, they'll tell you, you know, things that are important to them and, and where some of these new things fit in. So you have to, you have to test your way into anything, especially as new things come along. And, and it's not just, you know, it's, um, I kind of equate it back to soccer when eight, eight year olds are playing soccer. They're all just, it's like magnet. It's the ball's a magnet and they're all around the ball, wherever the ball is, they're all there. They're not staying in their positions waiting, you know? And so, you know, sometimes when these new things come out, everyone rushes to it, you know, and, and not to say that's not, not a bad thing, but test your way into it. Really, you'll see what works best. And, and you might find that those, your target market's not hanging out on those new, new channels. They may be. Uh, but you have to test your way into it. Um, and, and a lot of the ones that are, that have come out are fun, right? You can have some fun with it and let your, you can humanize your business and let the customers know the, your voice as a company. Um, and so, so you can have some fun with it. I would say you might be on some of those new things that come out just to let them see a different side of the business or you or your employees or your customers and humor and fun. And, you know, depending on what you're, you're aiming for even in a very dry, dull market or industry that you might be in. Sometimes you can you set yourself apart, you know, by doing something different. So some of those some of those options may be a good good way to let people see a different side of the business. Awesome. Well, Alec, you gave us so much to think about. I know my head's spinning, and I'm sure our listeners are are spinning as well with so many great ideas that you gave us. Anything else? that you would like to talk about or anything that I didn't cover that you think is important that you think our listeners should really pay attention to? Yeah. So just a couple of, I'll just touch on a couple of quick pillars, um, you know, for achieving startup success that I, that I've, I sort of speak about often. Um, so the, the first one is, um, is uh, a no means not now. And so, so by that, uh, when I was a kid, you know, on a hot summer day, I'd go ask my mom for an ice cream. She's like, no, she'll give me all the reasons why I shouldn't have an ice cream. You'll ruin your appetite. You know, this, that, and the other dinners, we're having dinner soon. And then I do a couple of chores, help her on that project. And I'm like, mom, can I have an ice cream? Oh yeah. Take two, honey. You've been great. So I knew how to take a no and convert it to a yes. And so, so in business, we get those no's at, at every turn and, and don't be deflated. Don't feel, you know, like uh, we're going nowhere. If I had a dollar for every no I've gotten in my career, I, I could have retired. So, so the bottom line is you want to figure out why did you get the no? So sometimes you can ask for feedback. Feedback's a gift. Can I just ask why this, this didn't resonate with you? Or, and they'll say, I just, my head's not in it right now. I'm just really busy. And, and I just, you know, honestly don't have time for this. So, so it was bad timing when you presented it. Or it, I just don't really get the value. Okay, so it's how you presented it, right? So, so you learn from those those things, but but you could also ask of folks, and I've 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 had investors who said no. I said, can we stay in touch? You know, can I periodically, and and you can ask kind of what duration makes sense. You know, like uh, monthly, can I just send you an update on kind of the our progress? Would that be okay? And and I've turned several no's into yeses just simply by staying in touch and keeping them informed and let them learn about kind of the progress of the business. And so, so a no means not now and don't be deflated by the no. The second one is really around um, when we're starting out, we're very wide-eyed to want to do everything to help our target market. So we've identified who our target market is and we, we start to build something. And so I've just spoke to a st- startup yesterday and they presented to me eight things they want to do for their target market. And they haven't even launched one yet. So the bottom line is, um, you know, I call it the bicycle wheel syndrome. 
So if you had a bicycle wheel and every spoke on the wheel is another idea, we all suffer from the bicycle wheel syndrome, but we just want to do all these things for our target market. And I myself have been in that exact position and we can also do this. We can also do that. And oh, by the way, when, you know, we can also change that over here and do it a different way. And, you know, and the bottom line is you put all those things on the shelf, but you got to find the one core thing, the one spoke, the bullseye on the dartboard of what you're going to launch with and what you're going to start to get some feedback, uh, case studies, success stories, potential revenue, um, uh, because it's really important to nail that down and, and start to get the flywheel of the business going, start to make some money. And eventually, if it's a lane of a highway, you're on a lane with that one idea, then you got to say, okay, what of those other ideas we had, those other spokes are adjacent in the lanes next on either side, next to the, to our current core thing we're doing. And then those things you can, you look to bring out because they might be 85%, a lot of the same core you know, stuff underneath the covers with a few tweak and maybe marketing messaging and how you communicate it or whatever. And so, so you bring those out and eventually you can work on things that are outside in other lanes or potentially on a different highway or a different highway in a different state. You know, there, there's a lot of large companies, Nike and others, great examples that have moved from their core thing initially to stuff that's totally unrelated. But as a startup, you will not succeed, nor will anyone really take you seriously if you're going to sit there and say, here's the six or eight things we're going to do. Like you got to really talk about that one core thing and then what's adjacent to it and how you're going to go kind of to the, to the lanes next to it to grow your reach to a target market or to a different vertical or something that maybe your initial idea doesn't, doesn't get to completely. Um, and so a lot of people will suffer from the bicycle wheel syndrome and take it all the way through and, I hear it all the time and they're like, but we can do this. We can do all these. It's like, but you haven't launched one and you're looking to get funding and no one's going to take you seriously if you're trying to do too much. And they're going to say, well, you know, you'll be a master of none. You're going to give you money and none of them are going to launch because you've, you spread it out too thin. Wow. Woo. There it is guys. Oh my God. That was great. That was awesome. Well, Alec, again, thanks for joining us today on brand with podcast and, sharing all your amazing knowledge. If you would like to know more about Alec and connect with him, you can visit alexspeaks.com or find him on Instagram at alexspeaks. The rest of his social media links will be in the podcast description. And trust me, you want to check him out. Again, Alec, thank you so much. You, you honestly, you gave us so much good information. You know, I always think, okay, I'm sure you do this as well. I'm always listening to podcasts and books. And just when you think you've heard it all, you have it. So thank you so, so much. Uh, my pleasure. And Ivan, this is, uh, this has been great. And I uh, appreciate all that you're doing. I listened to some of the past episodes and uh, you're doing a great job and, and offering uh, great golden nuggets for your listeners. So I'm, I'm glad I could uh, do my part. Thanks, Alec. Thank you all again for listening to this episode. For more information on branding and marketing, check out our ecosystem on brandwith.com. You can also find more tips by signing up for our newsletter that's not boring or by following us on social media. If you're looking to get featured on this podcast to discuss your branding or marketing needs, find out how to do so on our website as well. Can't wait for you to brand with us again.